Our scripture today comes to us from Matthew chapter 24. Immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. used to be when I was going on a trip somewhere, going on a journey and packing my suitcase, I would often forget things. And sometimes that can be rather expensive if you're you're in certain places and there's not a Target or a Walmart nearby and you have to spend more than you wish you did. And I remember going to Athens one year at annual conference and just the pair of slacks I had on and there were none in my suitcase when I got there and I'm not sure how that happened, but they just weren't there. And so I had to miss one of the worship services at conference and uh, go to Penny's, go to the mall, the Athens Mall, and take care of things. And there have been other occasions, a wedding I was headed to down on St. Simon's Island, and there were no socks in the suitcase. So Mickey has helped me with that greatly. We have a list now and uh, check things off so I don't have to pack out of the driveway saying, I just feel like I'm forgetting something because that happened way too often. Have any of you ever struck out on a journey and really forgot or failed to pack something that that really, really matters? We're going to talk about some of the things that during Advent that we fail to pack sometimes that are important to us that we need for this journey that's before us. And when I was looking at this in this particular series of messages, I found a poem that I want to share with you. This book was given to me in Royston, Georgia, Oh, 30 years ago or more by a retired school teacher, 101 famous poems. You would recognize many of these. 
Uh, she gave it to me in 1993, and one of these poems she wanted read at a memorial, at her memorial service, and uh, we were able to do that. But this poem mentions several of our themes from Advent, and I don't know that the author had that in mind. Her name was Lucy Larkham. She died on April the 17th in 1803, 1893, sorry. He who plants a tree plants a hope. Rootlets up through fibers blindly grope. Leaves unfold into horizons free. So man's life must climb from the clods of time unto heaven sublime. Canst thou prophesy, thou little tree, what the glory of thy bough shall be? He who plants a tree plants a joy, plants a comfort that will never cloy. Every day a fresh reality, beautiful and strong, to whose shelter throng creatures blithe with song. If thou couldst but know, thou happy tree, of the bliss that shall inhabit thee. He who plants a tree, he plants peace. Under its green curtains, jargons cease. Leaf and zephyr murmur soothingly, shadows salt with sleep. Down tired eyelids creep, balm of slumber deep. Never hast thou dreamed, thou blessed tree, of the benediction thou shalt be. He who plants a tree, he plants youth. Vigor won for centuries in sooth, life of time that hits eternity, bows their strength of prayer. New shoots every year, on old growths appear, thou shalt te teach the ages. Sturdy tree, youth of soul is immortality. He who plants a tree, he plants love. Tents of coolness spreading out above, wayfarers he may not live to see. Gifts that grow are best, hands that bless are blessed. Plant, life does the rest. Heaven and earth help him who plants a tree, and his work its own reward shall be. So it talks about hope and joy and peace and love, our, our Advent themes. And today we begin with hope. And we're talking about taking an Advent journey. And when we go on this journey, we have a suitcase to pack. And the first thing we want to be sure is in that suitcase is hope. As individuals, as families, as a church family especially, we need to make sure that we have packed the hope before we begin this journey. Now, I cannot imagine leaving home or even staying at home without hope. You can always tell when somebody has forgotten to pack the hope. Hope, not soap. You can tell when folks have forgotten that too, but that's another story perhaps. But when hope has been left behind, you can hear it in a person's voice. You can see it in their eyes. You can tell by the way they walk and the way they shuffle through life sometimes that they've left home without hope. They've left it behind. You just know that without even having to x-ray their suitcase to see if it's there or not. Something more significant than a bottle of scope. Something more significant than a pair of socks is missing and it's obvious. Hopeless folk are everywhere. And in spite of our best efforts to hang out with folks who are like we are, and we all like that, don't we? We sometimes find ourselves in the company of, no, say it's not so. Say we don't ever find ourselves in the company of those who are without hope. Have we ever forgotten to pack the hope? And so we say, what's the problem? 
What's the problem? If we forget it, the wall Martians have landed most everywhere, and you can buy a little hope or most anything else there, can't you? But contrary to what some folks deep in their hearts do believe, you can't get everything at Walmart. Some of the, you might need a moment or two to think about that. I know that's a heavy reality. And then there's this whole thing, how do you get the hope past security? I mean, will it fit in one of those little, is it a quart-sized Ziploc bag? Can you put your hope in there? One of my favorite preacher storytellers tells about a family who's in a waiting room in the hospital, and, and mama's having surgery to have a malignancy removed. And they're sitting around, and they're quiet. And the dad just, his head is kind of hung over. And then the doctor appears in the waiting room, the family gathers around the doctor waiting for any kind of news, and the doctor says, I believe we got it all. I believe we got it all. Just a little bit of hope. And the father says, all right, let's go get some breakfast. It doesn't take a lot of hope. It's a powerful thing. And some folks said that hope can live on one calorie a day. It doesn't take a lot. But where would we be without it? Where can hope be found? Let me suggest for one thing, and you know this, you sort of expect it from a preacher, it can be found in the pages of Holy Scripture. Stories that are there, words from the prophets and the psalmist especially, read through the psalms and just to underline or mark the word hope is just all over the place, all over the hearts of those who wrote these words. Now, our scripture lesson for today, a gospel lesson for the first Sunday in Advent for this particular year comes from the Gospel of Matthew. And Andrew read those words a moment ago and, and you read and heard as well these apocalyptic words, these frightening words, somewhat, if we take them seriously. What do they mean? What, what's going on? I want to revisit the last paragraph of that scripture lesson, read it again for our hearing before we move on from Matthew 24. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know the time when he will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and he puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house might return. In the evening or at midnight, or at cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. What I say to one of you, I say to all, keep awake. Advent has to do with the coming of Jesus. Of course, his first coming, we focus on that so much, and, and we should remember, of course, his first coming as Bethlehem's babe and his daily comings into our world and the way he slips in, not that he didn't warn us, but he comes into our lives and into our world so many times through the last and the lost and the least. And his final coming, as referenced by our gospel lesson for today, is King of kings and Lord of lords. All these manifestations of the coming of Jesus can provide us with more hope, than every suitcase ever manufactured could hope to hold. We recall and celebrate his first coming 
And we do that with the most joyous music imaginable. And that's why I love this time of the year in this church and the amazing music that brings it all alive again. Yet in that dark street shineth the everlasting life. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The first coming of Jesus. And then we prayerfully open our hearts to the daily comings of Jesus. He shows up in the most unlikely people, in the most unlikely places, in the most unlikely faces. And we need to be alert and we need to be aware that he is among us. And we anticipate with some fear and much joy his final return. When he comes back, striving to stay awake because we're not sure at what hour the master's coming back to the house, but being filled with hope because we know that everything will be made right when Jesus comes. There are a couple of stories about hope that come to mind, and um, I want to share these with you thinking about hope, and, and you've got your own stories. You have your own testimonies. You know the hope that keeps you going. But there was a prominent speaker in the United Kingdom who tells the story it takes back to his boyhood. He was six years old, and his mother had explained to him, if you ever need help, just pick up the phone and dial O for operator. Now, that's a reference that we've kind of gotten beyond, but, but there was a time and a day. Uh, ask for information. And one day when the boy's mother was away and he had a pet canary that he dearly loved and the canary wasn't singing and moving around like it usually did. And he was worried about his canary so he dialed the O and he asked the operator what he should do about his ill canary. And the operator who happened to have canaries herself and knew a lot about them told him some things he could do and soon his canary was singing again. So every time he was alone and he needed help, the boy would dial O for operator. And since he lived in a very small town, the same operator, the same woman, would always answer the phone and always try to help him out. But one day his canary died and he called and he asked her, is there anything I can do to bring this canary back to life? And the kind woman simply comforted him and she told the boy, Remember, there are always other worlds in which to sing. And years later, the boy, now a young man, he had finished his time at the university, and he remembered the kindly operator. He decided he'd call her again, and a woman answered, and he explained about who he was and how he had always talked to this other operator. He gave his name, and he told how helpful her predecessor had been, and then she had to tell him, I'm sorry. But Mrs. Jones, the far, former operator, she has died. And she told me that someday you might call again. She told me about you when she was very sick. Mrs. Jones has passed away. And she told me before that, that if you ever called, I need to remember to tell you that there are other worlds in which to sing. And she wanted you to know that what was true for your poor canary was true for her as well. Other worlds in which to sing. Hope for this life. Hope for the life that is to come, that is promised to us 
as followers of Jesus the Christ. And another story about hope, one that intrigued me a little bit, Tony Campolo said that his wife tells an apocryphal story about heaven. And he said in Peggy's story, Peter is the keeper of the gates of heaven and Paul is the one who keeps the census. He's a census taker. He knows how many folk are coming into heaven. It's important for some reason they keep up with that. Peter and Paul are troubled because every time Paul checks the census against Peter's record, he finds that there are more people in heaven than Peter is letting in through the gates. And neither of them can figure out why their numbers don't jive, why they don't line up, why they don't match. And then one day Paul comes running up to the gates, declaring, Peter, Peter, it's not our fault. I figured it out. I know why there are more people in heaven than you are letting through the gates. It's Jesus again. He keeps sneaking folks in the back door. And she said that, of course, is the good news of the gospel. Jesus will allow into heaven many people whom the church, represented by Peter, would keep out. Jesus is more gracious than the custodians of the gates of heaven. And she adds, Jesus is more gracious than some of our church leaders some of the time. So grab your suitcase. Make sure you pack some hope. Don't leave home without it. And you can climb on board this train or you can jump on this plane and go with the rest of us. We'll keep on working. We'll keep on witnessing. We'll keep on serving. Always remembering that it's not over till God says it's over. There's always hope. And then there's another little story. I kept a newspaper clipping that came back to me and I, I found it from, it's from 2005, November. And it's a story about something that happened in Sonoy, Georgia. And it took me a while to learn to pronounce the word correctly. Newscasters on the Atlanta stations cannot pronounce the word correctly, but that's another story. But this was in 2005, November. And some of you know about Sonoy, this small Coweta County town that's growing now. And the family there, the Crook family, and Ellis Crook. And uh, you remember in that day and time, one of his sons, Kenneth, was murdered. And it was a terrible story, a tragic kind of story. And later, someone, a former employee, was arrested the next year. Whether he was the guilty one or not, I don't remember. But after all the turmoil that this family went through, Ellis Crook said, and I want to close out with his words from the article, he said, if you don't live on hope, what else have you got to live on? Amen.